Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Berg. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. So it's been a long day of recordings here at the Underground Bunker, and I, I seem to be sitting now with um, two slugs. <laughs> hey, I'm a slug. He's emotionally fragile. <laughs> that tantrum we just witnessed was awesome. I mean, Carl's got his glasses on now. It's like he's yeah, aged my, throughout my the day. Is failing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so we thought, you know, maybe it would be good to discuss the topic of pastoral burnout. Mm, well, I feel burned out, so yeah. let's do this. Yeah. Okay, Carl, you seem to have a book with you that... Um, yeah, I got a book by share. one of my favorite Christian authors, actually, Christopher Ash. Okay. Just as a general pitch, if Christopher Ash writes it, you should mm-hmm. probably read it. Yep. Well, Everything it this man writes is... Uh, clear to the point even in those odd occasions when i disagree with him i always learn something right. even through the act of disagreeing mm-hmm. with him oh i love that he's a wonderful english uh, anglican pastor mm-hmm. and he's written some great material we've talked about his book on job on yeah. the show mm-hmm. before uh, here is his latest book is zeal without burnout seven keys to a lifelong ministry of sustainable sacrifice we're not actually going to discuss this book today because he's yet to produce out the the pictorial version so todd has not been able to get <laughs> right. access to yeah. it right. indeed but it's it's dealing with a very pertinent topic and it starts off with a very striking statistic i'm going to read uh, a short paragraph it's actually on page 16 of the book in the usa it is estimated that some 1500 people leave pastoral ministry each month due to burnout conflict or moral failure the causes are diverse but they sh- they show the intense pressure that many in christian ministry find themselves under a third of pastors say they feel burned out within just five years of starting ministry and almost a half of pastors and their wives say they've experienced depression or burnout to the extent that they needed to take a leave of absence from ministry. It's a sobering statistic. I was chatting to the mad woman quite recently, and every single church that the mad woman has joined, within six months, the pastor has burned <laughs> out and left the pastor. I'm actually the longest standing pastor. Uh, it's quite, quite remarkable. Um, no, but it's a serious point, 1,500 a month now. The statistic doesn't tell us what kind of churches they are uh, and doesn't uh, distinguish between moral failure and burnout. But that's a large fallout rate. Mm -hmm. And I think every single one of us who's a pastor and probably every single church member knows of a church or has a friend who's been badly burned by Mm -hmm. such things. And indeed, we actually have our own example on this show uh, <laughs> in that those of you who, those of you who listen to the show for some years will know that that Todd Pruitt himself went through a very difficult and traumatic period in in, in pastoral ministry some years ago thankfully from which he's been he's been uh, safely delivered <laughs> right. but Todd without uh, being indiscreet sure oh actually you can be indiscreet I'm, if you want I'm, 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 happy. I'm in the mood it's been yeah. a long day I'm in the mood to be yeah well, be very as indiscreet, indiscreet as you want but talk about Mm-hmm. Your experience of pastoral yeah. burnout. Yeah. So, I, yeah, there's a lot of different, as you've mentioned, there's a lot of different sources for uh, for burnout. I, several years ago, uh, I believe it was the Schaefer Institute out of Covenant Seminary did a did a multi year 
uh, study on the lives of pastors and on burnout, and it was very sobering and and disturbing um, to, to look at those to look at those figures. And and I was researching that while I was in a in a really difficult field of of ministry. Uh, my experience with with burnout was was it kind of had physical ramifications in that I and I've written about this where I literally blacked out I passed out um in a meeting and took my first ambulance ride and and that sort of thing and so for for me my experience with burnout had to do with a combination of factors one uh was just kind of how I process stress kind of internalize that all but but it was the perfect storm because I was in a an environment of ministry that was highly toxic and so after several years of that um, it just came to a head and and in a meeting everything you know the room began to spin and I mm. kind of keeled over and and so you know at that point it, I you know that kind of outed me as far as okay I've, I've got an issue that I really need to to get addressed because when you're in an emergency room and they've got the heart monitors uh, hooked up to you and your wife comes into the emergency room um, and you know at some point you've got to say okay get know, real yeah maybe maybe <laughs> I, I ought to consider uh, some of these sorts of things but but I know I mean all of us I'm sure know pastors who have um, hit the wall in various ways uh, some have crashed and burned mm-hmm. um, one of the things we've talked about here on this program, Carl, you and I have both mentioned it, that, you know, we cringe a little bit when we hear people say that being a minister is the hardest job in the world. No, I don't think it's the hardest job in the world. That said, it is a hard job. And I think a few things that make burnout likely in certain men's cases are some of these factors, like when you're a minister, you're always on call, you're always being watched. Every day you get your job evaluation. Every Sunday you get your congregational job evaluation. You know, speaking practically. Now, you know, hopefully we're not driven by that, but we we do know that you know in ministry you're either in the penthouse or the outhouse. Um, if if you preached a good sermon and you were there for the right people, then you're then you're in good shape. But if you didn't have time for that particular hospital visit. Or if somebody brought their family member who's a Catholic and you said something about Roman Catholicism and it really made lunch uncomfortable for them, (laughs) then you're in the outhouse uh, all of a sudden. And it's that back and forth that is emotionally exhausting. And I I think the other part of it is is because of the nature of the work, um, it's not hard for a, a man in ministry to work 65 hours a week. It's, It's easy to do that and to still feel like you haven't done enough. Um, because you can always be doing more for somebody. And so at the end of the day, sometimes the best that a pastor can do is when he lays his little head down on his pillow is uh, to sit there and think about all the people that he, that he let down that day, mm. <laughs> but to be okay with it. <laughs> how, can, how can congregants be more sensitive to pastoral burnout? Um, I mean, we look at our pastors and we appreciate what they do and, and we've been given so much. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we give back mm-hmm. and, and help in that way? So one of the things that, that I would want to say is, first of all, if, if you have a good pastor, he wants to serve. If you have a good pastor, he wants to work hard. This is a calling on his life. He believes in it. It is a part of his 
devotion to the Lord. And so he wants to work hard for it. If you have a lazy pastor, get rid of him. But uh, so, so don't feel bad if your pastor's working hard. He's supposed to be. And he wants to. He wants to labor for the sake of Christ and for the sake of his church. Um, at the same time, um, please understand that he's not your personal chaplain um, who can be there for you at your every beck and call. He can't be. And so please be, be mindful of that. Um, it, it, it's, I, I don't expect a, a lot uh, other than hopefully um, some patience when I let somebody down. Mm-hmm. because I'm going to let you down on a regular basis. I, I may not be the one who gets to see you in the hospital. I may not be the one who gets to visit you in your, in, in your home. Um, but I, I want to. Mm-hmm. I'm just not always able to. What role does, you know, just something simple like encouragement play mm-hmm. to help a pastor? A and- card is fantastic. I love getting a card or an email. And and that really, that kind of thing goes a long way. I, I have a drawer that is that is literally jam packed with cards. Cause I keep them. I just, I, those mean a lot to me. Yeah. I'm very lucky. I have a, a very easy, easy congregation in many ways. And there's also, I think in my situation as a, as a part-time pastor, there's both a strength and a weakness there. The strength is because I'm part-time, I've been very clear to my congregation. I'm part-time. Mm-hmm. I don't put it in quite as blunt terms as this, but you don't pay me very much. I have a full-time job elsewhere. I have other demands on my time. I can only be part-time. And that, in some ways, makes it easier for me to say no. On the other hand, having the two jobs means it can be very easy for me to forget that I don't take any time off. Remember, right. some weeks ago, my wife pointed out to me that I'd been on the go 17 days in a row. I'd just been mm. full-on 17 days in a row, and I was starting to... Get really, really tired. And mm-hmm. I have to be, it's, it's not the fault of my congregation, it's my fault. I right. need to police myself better. And my elders are becoming, I think, more proactive in that as well. I think elders play a key role yes. in protecting the pastor, not simply for the congregation, but protecting the pastor from himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm very grateful now that my elders are, are saying to me, you know, when you, you have that Sunday you have off each month, we want you by and large, to have that Sunday off. We don't want you elsewhere speaking. We want you resting up, not preparing. I don't always fulfill that. Maybe two-thirds of the time I manage that these days. But I think that the role of the elders is important because, again, as Todd said, the role of a pastor is open-ended. It can be as, you know, be as, as, as full or as an empty life as you choose to make it, depending on how much integrity you have. Well, if you combine that with an academic life, which is very similar, you know, it can yeah. be as full or as empty as you care to make it, you can end up taking no time off. And I was just re- starting to read this Krista Rash book this morning, and he's outlining a couple of cases, and I see myself in the cases he's outlining. Not that I'm there at burnout yet, but I'm thinking, oh, wow. Yeah, they're living lives just like I did, and this is where they ended up. Mm-hmm. So I need to be need to be careful. Do you think it's it's important sometimes just to go away? Because I mean, even if you take the day off and you hear, yeah. you know, such and such is happening to so and so, I mean, as a pastor, it kind of tugs at you, yeah. doesn't it? And yeah. I mean, well, sometimes if you it might be good if you remember a few months ago, I, I took my wife away, went away mm-hmm. for three nights in three mm-hmm. different places, and we were staying with you on the Saturday yes. night, and you said, oh come to church with us on the Sunday morning, and then mm-hmm. your pastor said, oh, would you do the Sunday school for <laughs> right. me? And I actually said to you, look, 
if if I got to do a Sunday school, I won't come. Mm-hmm. I just want to sit mm-hmm. in the congregation. Right. Yeah. Uh, and again, I, th- it's another aspect of this. Maybe it's not connected to burnout, but the thing I miss most about being a minister is sitting consistently under really good preaching the word from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, get, I do get to sit do under the that, word yeah. every Sunday sure. in my own church because sure. we have an evening service. Oh, but the evening service is a very eclectic one, different mm-hmm. preacher each Sunday. I'm not sitting consistently under one man's ministry. And I miss that. Yeah. I, do, I do miss that. Mm-hmm. Carl, you mentioned um, earlier the role of the elders, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, the role of the elders is huge in this. I'm, I'm very privileged um, that... Going on three years now, I've been in a church that has a really good functioning session. Um, these are men who know how to encourage their the, 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 the teaching elders, the pastors that are on staff. Um, there are two guys on the session that I have lunch with every month, and they're there. They do that to check in on me, to see how I'm doing. And so they'll ask, you know, they, they ask me things like, you doing well in your relationship with your wife? Are, are, are your financial needs being met? You know, they have these kind of series of questions that... Um, that they that they go through with me, but they also do things that I, I don't know that they would be able to explain how they do it. I think it's just because they're decent men who love the Lord. So when when I go to session meetings every month, I leave in a better mood than I was when I when I first showed That's up. Fantastic, and it's because I I serve with men that are are really uh, just decent men. They're biblically qualified for the office and they're decent men because I, 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 I had served in a church where, um, the night before the, the, the evening of our session meetings, I wouldn't sleep well and driving to the church before the elder meetings, I would just be filled with dread. Um, and it was a miserable day all day because I knew that there was an elder meeting that evening. Um, I'm always happier at the end of meetings than at the beginning, but simply because I hate, hate <laughs> meetings and I'm glad to get out yeah, of them, yeah. however pleasant right. they may be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I sell that to say um, the, the, the elders have an enormous, uh, they have enormous power to, to make a pastor happy or sad. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that the session become yes men. I, I serve with men that if I do something stupid, these are the kind of men that will tell me if I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do not question their love Pretty for me. Pretty regularly, I would imagine. Those. Right, yes, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, well, that's just You've your... got another drawer for just, those yeah. notes. Just, yeah. just because that's Carl's yeah. experience. cabinet for those letters. Yeah. I've seen it. But as I was saying, um, they also know very much how to encourage me. Uh, they, they know... Uh, yeah, and again, they don't have to do anything heroic. They're just decent men. Yeah. I, I, I take your point about encouragement. I always find I have the maybe it's a typical Englishman's problem of I don't cope with flattery very well. When people say nice things to me, I never know quite how to react. Well, good thing it doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen very often, <laughs> right. so it's not something I wrestle with very much. But when somebody comes up and says, oh, really lovely sermon, mm-hmm. I never know quite how to respond to that. Mm-hmm. I usually say, yeah, well, that, that was helpful. Mm-hmm. I hope it was helpful. But I, I do say it is nice on occasion to get encouragement. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think you, you, people don't encourage as much as they should. Right. I, I Too agree. much encouragement seems false, but right. yeah. I think a lot of people assume, I won't say excellence comes as standard, but they assume they're going to get something good. Right. When they get something good, that's fine. Right. They, they've got what they paid for, we might say. And if, if you preach a clunker, you'll hear about mm-hmm. it. I, you know, I think that most churches could probably do with more active culture of encouragement than they have. Mm -hmm. You said something to my pastor when you were leaving to thank him that stuck with me because sometimes I don't, I feel like I'm saying the same thing and Mm. and how do I sound encouraging but not overly flattering or like I'm 
grading his sermon. You know, I don't ever want him to have that impression. But you, you, you thanked him for giving you the word. Mm. And that, that impacted me a little bit when you said that because I thought, yeah, I mean, just thankfulness for his faithfulness in delivering the word. Yeah. You know, you're not grading the sermon at that no, point or no, flattering. Right. But um, I thought that was a great encouragement right there because with this topic that we're talking about right now between um, funerals and weddings mm-hmm. and counseling and small groups and luncheons yeah. with the potluck and then your, you know, whether you have small children and your own family yeah. affairs, there's so much to do and so many concerns, but to faithfully be giving the word, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm so thankful to have that in my church. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much the best thing that I hear when people say that to me, that that's, that that's very encouraging. I do remember one point when it had been a lot of garbage going on behind the scenes at some point, and then there was all this stuff kicking off on the internet about the seminary about 12, 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. I remember one of my deacons seeing me just sitting at the end of a service, looking one out, comes up to me and said, do you feel loved by the church? Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at him saying, I hope so. <laughs> and it was a slightly equivocal answer. But, I, you know, I do think that, uh, again, not looking for affirmation all the time, but it's, it is good to encourage your pastor. Yeah. It, yeah. Makes, it makes a difference. Yeah, and I, and I would just say that happy pastors are a blessing to their church. Mm-hmm. And, and again... It's kind of like happy wife. Exactly. <laughs> I, I want to I emphasize what Carl said. We don't want to fish for compliments. And cash... Cash is wonderful. Yeah, use yeah. notes exactly. in a brown envelope left exactly. behind the yeah. dustbins outside. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 uh, we're not fishing yeah. for compliments. We, we, we don't mind working hard. Um, again, there's a, it's a privilege to be a pastor. Um, uh, it's, it's a calling that we feel very seriously about, and so we want to work hard. Yeah. Don't feel bad if we're working hard. Um, but that kind word, the, the note that's dropped off every once in a while, those those are wonderful things along the way, and then you know, as far as you know, related to burnout, if you if if you're if if you're a church that has been go you know changing pastors with the frequency that one generally changes underwear, then you've got a problem and you need to change it. Um, you may have a toxic uh, board of elders and you need to remove them if they continue to batter your pastors, or you just may be a bad church. Um, we hear a lot about bad pastors because there are bad pastors out there, but I'm. I'm frustrated with the fact that nobody ever wants to stand up and say there are also just bad churches. And there are. There are churches out there that go through a pastor every 18 months to three years. And at some point, somebody needs to say to them, you're a bad church, and you grind up ministers, and you don't deserve a pastor. Okay, I think I'm done. I mean, that was my that was my bit. That's, I just I just yeah. wanted to say that. I would I, getting up and walking away, slamming the door. Drops mic. I would emphasize well, you know, as well as as, as active encouragement, prayer for the pastor mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. You know, pastors. Absolutely. Do I pray for all of my congregants by name? No. Do I pray for my congregation as much as I should? Almost certainly not. I try to pray for my congregation though, several times a week, mm-hmm. and I think if every member of the church committed to praying for their pastor and if he has a family mm-hmm. praying for his family once a week that'd make a difference yeah. because the pastor is you know if you're the devil and you want to destroy the church who are you going to target you're going to target the public face of the mm-hmm. church in whatever context you're in and that's always going to be the pastor the elders the deacons right. 
uh, maybe their wives. Well, that's what I was and just going to bring up is, I, is the yeah. family and how burnout would affect right. yeah. the family of a pastor. Yeah. So, Prever, well, bring that up now, now that you've well, yeah, taken the wind just, out I'm, of my I'm, sails I'm on that so particular I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was most discouraging. Oh, I'm feeling burned out here. <laughs> morning, so. I, I would say, you know, if you, if you observe your pastor, if he um, – if he's if he looks visibly exhausted, if, if he's he, crying at the yeah, end, yeah, yeah, if he's in the fetal position yeah. somewhere in the broom closet, <laughs> yes. there may be a yeah. problem. Yeah. If he passes out in an elder meeting, there may be a problem. The mad woman's looking. Think, this always happens in church. I mean, that's normal. Uh, but if if he's if if he if he begins to look visibly exhausted. If you never see him smile, if his hair falls out, or if you never if, if you know, you, see his family, if smiling. you never see his family smiling, yeah. if you never see him have happy interactions with his family. Yeah. You could be in the OPC or your pastor could be burning out. <laughs> I, I would say at some point, hopefully you're in a church that has elders and hopefully you're in a church that has good elders. They need to ask him some questions. How is he doing? How is your marriage? If, if he's acting out and, and if he's angry, if, uh, if he's short-tempered, if he's impatient with church members, um, then something's wrong and the elders need to sit down with him and find out what's going on in his heart and in his mind um, because he's headed for a crash. If he's mad at the church, if he's mad at the people in the church, if he's unhappy, then he's had, headed for a crash and it's going to hurt the church. That's good. So, You know, one more question I think that would be good to ask um, as a pastor and as a congregation is, is how, do you, how do you define success in the ministry? And I think that that can really lead to, to burnout, depending mm-hmm. on how you answer that question. Yeah. How would you guys yeah. answer that question? Well, that's I I I think one of the advantages of being in a relatively small church like mine, in a relatively small denomination, is not that there aren't temptations. In any context you put yourself, there are temptations to power. There are temptations for success as determined at the local level. But actually, the opportunities for that in a small and relatively poor denomination are much less tantalizing than they are if you're on a platform in front of eight or 10,000 people. I'm never going to judge my success as an OPC pastor by whether I've got 1,000 people in my church. or not. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen in my congregation. It's not going to happen really in my denomination. I think for me... The test of success is, uh, at a church level, have I faithfully preached the word week by week and do I see people receiving the word with joy and gladness? That's the test of success. Uh, I can have no control over many aspects of my congregation, but the bit that I have responsibility for is, am I rightly dividing the word of truth? Am I applying it to my congregation correctly? And do I see those blossoming and flourishing under the word that to me, it may not every Sunday be what I have in mind, but when I step back and think, well, how do I want to be remembered? I'd like to be remembered as he preached the word and people received it with joy. That's good. Todd, can you top that? Um, oh, clearly. <laughs> um, Todd needs a, a helicopter pad. <laughs> exactly. Success is... You can private jet uh, uh-huh. speaker Success in? is a fireplace in my office. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I would agree with everything Carl said. I, I would also say, you know, I... I want to um, I want to be able to serve joyfully. I want to do I want to do these things joyfully. So I I, I because I I know what it's like to labor in an environment where the joy was just sucked out of you, and being in a place where I'm able to serve joyfully. I, I, I I've seen once again 
the tremendous value in that. And, and that's being able to do that joyfully. Um, uh, so much of that is, is afforded to me by what the Lord does through the, the congregation. And so, um, it, it's, I, I want to be able to, to, to do these things, um, faithfully and, and to do them because I love this congregation that the Lord has planted me in, you know? So if I'm, if I'm preaching, if I'm being faithful to the word and, um, and doing so joyfully doing so with, with love in my heart for, for this congregation, not just the, the church in general, but this congregation, these people that the Lord is, has, has given me to, then, then I can sleep well at night. Mm. Well, we hope this discussion has been helpful. I would like to say, I think on behalf of both Todd and myself, we regard it as an immensely joyous privilege yes. to, to be preachers of the gospel and to serve churches. Todd, obviously, in a, a more worldly and successful church than <laughs> mine, uh, my, in a more humble capacity. Uh, but seriously, we regard it as a great and joyous privilege to be preachers of the word. We regard it as a great and joyous privilege to serve with the men we serve with on session and to serve the men and women, boys and girls, with the exception of the mad woman, in the congregations that we, we serve. Uh, and to say that the, the the answer to ministerial burnout, therefore, is, is not a. It, it's not complicated. I think ministers need to police themselves very carefully. Uh, elders need to watch out that their ministers are not overstretching themselves. Congregations need to be encouraging and prayerful co-laborers in the gospel with their ministers. And if those three things apply, then hopefully we would see a lot less ministerial burnout. So we hope this particular casual conversation has been helpful to both congregations and to uh, ministers. Uh, We would recommend to you Christopher Ashe's wonderful little book, Zeal Without Burnout. It's from the Good Book Company. Uh, And we would ask you to visit our website, modificationofspin.org. Thank you for joining us. And if Todd and I don't burn up and crash out of the ministry, we'll be seeing you, joining with you next week. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's keep this short so none of us gets burned out. Please read the blog, please subscribe, please leave a donation. And there's this next week. We are looking back at the 10th anniversary of Colin Hansen's rather famous article that ran in Christianity Today on September 22, 2006, the 10th anniversary of the young, restless, and uh, reformed. Here we had people who realized that Christianity was a doctrinal religion, that it made truth claims, it made transcendent truth claims, and they were excited about it. The YRR helped put that kind of thinking back on the agenda for a lot of Christians. It seems so celebrity-oriented um, with all the names that they were focusing on, and so they, they're not reading original sources, they're reading Calvinism through second-hand sources. Right. We'll talk to you next time on Mortification of Spin.
I am pretty tired. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. And some of us have to work. And some of us have to drive those five and a half hours. Sit there and expect us to deliver Sunday. After yeah, Sunday exactly. After Sunday. exactly. Exactly. I'm not a machine. <laughs> I am a man. Hear him roar. Yeah, I have. I have feelings and weaknesses. I have limits, Alicia. I have limits. Are you getting all this? Excellent. <laughs> but it's not just snap your fingers and I just dance for you. You can do your Fredo now. I get tired. Yeah, exactly. Do, do Fredo. I'll do, I'll do Fredo. Do Fredo. Well, it's not the way I wanted it. <laughs> but you and my kids. I want respect. <laughs> I'm not dumb like some people say. I'm smart. And I want respect. Now, let's uh, go fishing. <laughs> yes. Out onto Lake Tahoe. Yeah. <laughs>